Amen. And as they take a few minutes, you may be seated. I'm just going to give them a rest for a few minutes and then we'll, they'll be back. Pastor Steve is away. He's um, with his wife in, in Florida. Um, she's celebrating her 50th birthday. And now, oh, actually, I wasn't supposed to say that. So j just act like you didn't hear that part, okay? She's celebrating her birthday, and, and, um, and they, are, they are going to a conference this coming week, starting from Monday. He'll be back in town on, on Thursday. And Pastor Jimmy is away doing a wedding in Florida, um, and he'll be back uh, tomorrow. And so just keep them in prayer that God will bring them home safely as they, uh, as they go out to do ministry. We've been talking about the awakening, and this morning we're going to be talking about awakening to love. Love is one of those things that makes a man that has a PhD act dumb. It's amazing. Am I good? It, it, it's amazing what, what, what we will do and how much trouble we will get into. We, we, we are educated. We are people that are refined. We are people that are no better. We are able to, 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 to deal with complicated things like computers and engines and airplanes and all that stuff. But when it comes to this thing about love, somehow we lose something. I don't know if a muscle gets replaced or something, but something goes wrong. And so this, this morning what we're talking about is a reawakening love. Reawakening love. And one of the things that uh, we need to understand if, if we're Christians, uh, there's a place that God tells us what love is all about. What's sad about Christians sometimes is this. We learn what we learn in the church, and then when we go out, we go and do something totally different. A lot of times as Christians, we get our value or our advice when it comes to love from the soap operas. How the wheel turns. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we go to all these shows and, uh, and, and, and we get all excited when Angelina and Brett, who've been together for, is that Brett or Brett? Yeah, Angelina or Brett, they, they, they're being together for seven years and six children and finally they get engaged and we say, oh, look, isn't that wonderful? And we get our, we get our examples of, of love and, 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 and what love should be all about from Hollywood. And then we wonder why we get in such a mess because if you look over there, everybody's falling in and falling out of love. No, three months they're in and three months they're out. Three months they're in and three months they're out. And then we in the church look at them and say, man, it must be good to be in love. And then we come down to the real world and we realize love is not like that. And over the years, what's happened to us as Christians and what's happened to a lot of people is that life has beaten you down. Until we get to a place in our life where either love dies or our love is so leaky and so worn down that we don't know how to love anymore or we don't want to love anymore. We don't want to put ourselves out there anymore. And I will submit to you, love is not only a natural thing, it is a spiritual thing. You can't love the way God calls you to love unless the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. And so when someone comes up and says, well, I've, all my love is run out. I've run out of love, Pastor. I don't love her like I used to love her before. I usually tell them that that's the wrong kind of love you have from the very beginning. Because the love of God that is on the inside of you, repeat after me. Say, I have the love of God 
on the inside of me. He came, the love of God came on the inside of you the moment you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Love is the fruit of a spirit. The ability to love the way God wants you to love is already on the inside of you. You just have to be able to release it and trust God. Because love, in, in the Bible sense, the love is all about selflessness. When it comes to the kingdom of God. But when it comes to the world, love is all about me. It's self-centered and it's selfish. So when we come, when we talk about love and we talk about reawakening the love on the inside of us, the first question we need to ask ourselves is this. Where do we go to look for advice when, it, when, it, when, it, when we're talking about the matter of love? Because where you get your advice from, it will determine whether you are successful or not. And as we gave an example just a few minutes ago, if you're getting your example of love and your definition of love from somewhere else, other than the Bible, you will get yourself into trouble. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, uh, 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 look, I'm in this marriage, and I'm bringing 50% to the table. And I expect my wife to bring 50% to the table also. I'm in this friendship, and I, and I bring 50% of this thing called love to the table, and I expect the other person to bring 50% as well. I don't like anything around my ears. If I get it too much, shall I? Yes, thank you. So I, I bring 50% to the table, and she needs to bring 50% to the table so that together we make 100%. That is worldly love. Worldly love. In the kingdom of God, you bring 100% to the table, and the other person brings 100% to the table, and the two shall become one. And so as we talk about love this, this afternoon, it, it, it will help some of those that are already married and those that are already in relationships, it will help you. Those that are, are engaged, it will make you think twice and go back and evaluate your relationship. And those that are looking for love, it will look, help, you look for, uh, help you know what to look for. If you are a teenager, it, between the ages of 14 and 17, you are already too, too young and you don't know nothing about love. So stick your head in the book and get your education. Do, do you understand? Don't come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm in love. I will tell you, you don't know a thing about love. Do you know how to, you, do you know how to pay your electric bill? Do you know how to job? Do you have a job? You don't know anything about love. So you used to keep your head in the book. Now, if you're a young adult, this is going to help you. Because this whole thing about love is selflessness. So as we're saying from the very beginning, if you going, in fact, in your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm number 1. We've already had two, two wonderful services this morning, and all, both services have been different. Last service, we didn't preach at all, because we were, the Spirit of the Lord came along and just took us off in another place of worship. But you get the worship and the Word this morning. Psalm 1 verse 1 says this, 
Blessed is the man. Yeah, keep turning. I'll wait. Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible. You, if you can't find it, there's something wrong. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scorners. Blessed is the man, I'll read it out of the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and envious, enviable, is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. Listen to me carefully. If, if you are going to your girlfriend who is ungodly, who is walking continuously in sin, who is a mocker of your faith, and you go to someone like that and say, girl, I'm having a problem in my, in my marriage, the first thing she's going to say to you, girl, if that was me, I wouldn't put up with any of that stuff. And I tell people all the time, you are a fool to go to the ungodly for wisdom when it comes to love. So you go to someone who, who can't keep a man for more than three months. And that's why the Bible says that the, 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 the writer of, the, of, of uh, Psalm 1 gives us an advice. He says, look guys, if you're going to go get advice, don't go to the counsel of the ungodly. I think sometimes what ends up happening is this. We are afraid to go to those that we know because they know what we're gonna, they're going to tell us. So you don't want to come to your pastor when it comes to love. You want to go and find someone, put a ring on their finger, and then come to us for counseling and say, Pastor, it's not working. I, you come to me, I just say, go home and suck it up. You picked him, you live with him. Because the counsel of the godly will first, will first of all ask you the first question, is he a Christian? Well, pastor, I met him in church. That doesn't mean a thing. I remember before I got saved, I, I, when, I, when I was getting ready to settle down, I knew two places to go to find a good girl. Library and church. I didn't want any girl that I used to find in the clubs and, and, and dancing around and, and, and singing all those uh, things. So just because you find him in the church doesn't mean he's a Christian. He may just look good and smell good and she may have, you know me, I always tell you, fake eyes, fake ears, fake, fake everything. Doesn't matter. But the, the writer of, of Proverbs says, but do not go to ungodly counsel. But if you're not going to go for ungodly counsel, then where are you going to go to find this thing and know what it means to love? Look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. If our love is going to be reawakened, if we're, if we're going to get this, uh, back to this place where we understand what love is all about, we have got to go back to the Bible. Now, if in your mind the Bible is old-fashioned, then go ahead and live your life. But I believe God knew what he was talking about when it came to love. And in a minute, I'm going to give you a definition of love. 
Because one of the easiest ways to reignite the love in your heart that has gone out of your heart, whether it's for a friendship, whether it's for a relationship, whatever it is, the easiest way to acknowledge or to reunite your love is to be able to get to that place where your love of God is above all. Because if you can learn to love God, you can learn to love people. But if you never understand how God, lo- God loves and how he requires us to love, you're going to have a difficult time finding love or reigniting your love. Now, one of the things I say is, 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 is I, I say to people all the time, uh, uh, getting refreshed in the things of love is almost like a branch connected to a vine. As long as a branch is connected to a vine, the nourishment that comes through the vine will refresh the branch to produce a flower that will produce fruit. The same with love. The kind of love we're talking about that needs to be rekindled and renewed is that kind of love that is connected to the spirit of love. That is connected to the God of love. So that in that connection, you never run dry with this kind of love. Let me give you an example. Let me show you the example. Go to John chapter 15. Gospel of John chapter 15. Some of us, our love is dead. You don't need revitalization. You need resurrection. Pastor, everything inside me for her is dead. Yeah, you need a resurrection. And so for your part, Jesus said to Martha, um, because Martha cried out and said, Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, Martha, I am the resurrection. Everywhere I go, life comes with me. He said, Pastor, I'm in an impossible place right now that I feel nothing. I will say to you, this is what you need. You need to get a refreshing of Jesus. You need the resurrection of power of Jesus to come on the inside of you to reignite that love. But for the vast majority of us, our love may be getting weary and tired and, and a little leaky. For us, we just need to reconnect to the place that we were at the very beginning. As I said to you before, it is absolutely impossible to love the way God wants us to love unless you learn the love of God for yourself. And so as we go through this illustration in, the, this, in a few minutes, is this. You don't sit here and think about, oh, I, I hope so-and-so heard this. You don't go home and, and tell your husband, uh, um, love is patient. You don't go home and tell, uh, tell your wife, love is kind. No, you learn it for yourself, and as you sow, so shall you reap. I'm a firm believer that we don't sow enough. We don't sow enough in our relationships. But we expect more that we, we, we expect to harvest more than what we sow. Let me say that again. A lot of times we want people to respond to us. But we sow very little into people's lives. But we expect a harvest to come back to us. 
And then we sit back and say, well, this love thing doesn't work. This love thing was proven by Jesus Christ. And the proof of the love of Jesus is in this building right now. You are here because Jesus so loved you, lavishly. While we were yet sinners, he loved us. And because of that love that he sowed, we are now the harvest that's being reaped. You are not here because someone forced you to be here. You're here because Jesus Christ has done a work in your life, and because he's poured his love into you, you willingly come and serve him. That is the same example when it comes to loving one another. John chapter 15. John says, I'm going to read out of the Amplified, just following your Bible. John says, I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that, continuously, uh, that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. I want you to have a picture of an illustration of, a, and I saw this just a, this gone week when I was walking through the park. I saw a, a big branch that had dropped off from a tree. And the branch was laying on the floor and the Spirit of the Lord just whispered to my heart and said, this is how many Christians are. We, we say we're Christians, but we have broken off from the kingdom of God. And the way we have broken off from the kingdom of God is this. Every time we have an opportunity to make a decision that is based on the kingdom of God or based on our own flesh, we make decisions based on our flesh. And so the, and so the branch that's on the ground disconnected. The, the, the thing about life is this, life is able to beat us down so much that we can't produce love anymore. Because why? We are disconnected from the vine. The only reason, the only reason that you and I will love the way, this, the, the way God tells us to love is because of what he's done in our hearts already. There are some situations that are difficult. I understand that. There are situations that are so difficult that, Pastor, you say, you, you, does God expect me to still love in these difficult situations? Absolutely. Absolutely. He says, he is the vine, you are the branches. You are the branches. But every branch that is in me, that's the secret. If our love is going to be reawakened, if our love is going to be revived, our, we as the branch have to stay connected to Jesus, have to stay connected to his word, has to trust the word of God. We have to be able to trust God. But a lot of time the enemy is whispering in our ear, it's not going to happen. He whispers in our ear, if you put yourself out there and love the way God wants you to love, you're going to get hurt. And, and sometimes he gives you the evidence of that hurt.
But so what happens, what has happened over the years when it comes to this thing of love is this. Because we have been beaten down so much, like a branch that has weeds and, 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 and things all around it and thistles all around it, we have stopped walking in love because the things of this world is choking the life out of us. And so what God wants to be able to do in your heart this morning, he wants to be able to come down and like a good, a good gardener, he wants to start to trim back all the weeds in your life so that the real you can be able to blossom and love the way God wants you to love. So if we're going to be reconnected to, to the things of God, the first thing we need to do is to remove the thistles, remove the weeds, let me break it down a little further. We have to get to this place where we start to forgive. The reason why some of us can't love anymore is because there are so much, there's so much bitterness and resentment and anger on the inside of us for things that were done to us that in the court of law, you would be right. In a court of law, you would be right. But in the kingdom of God, the Bible says you are not to hold any unforgiveness towards anybody. Let that settle in your mind a little bit because that is tough. Because some of you have genuine reasons to be angry. Some of you have genuine reasons to be resentful. But I say this as kind as I can to you. The reason why you have to let those people go is because of what Jesus Christ did for you. Some of them may not even deserve it. They don't deserve it. But you and I have to get to a place where we can be able to say, Father, I know what they did. I know how they hurt me. But my relationship with you means more to me than holding on to this unforgiveness. So in obedience to your word, I choose as an act of my own free will to release them, to forgive them, and to no longer hold it against them. You say, Pastor, that is difficult. Yes. And the only reason why you're doing it is because Jesus did it for you. And so Jesus says, that same forgiveness I've poured into you, I need you, I require of you, I demand of you as my child to turn around and release everybody else in your life. Some of you will never love, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a relationship, whatever it may be. You will never be able to have true friends until you release those that have, made, that have hurt you. Because as long as you're holding on to unforgiveness, that connection back to God is civil. And I can sit here or I can stand here and tell you, you, you can go on living as you will, but I will be lying to you. Because we know what the Word of God says. And as long as we violate the Word of God, nothing Nothing, absolutely nothing will change in your life. So how do we get back to this place, Pastor, so we can be revitalized in our love? 
In John 15, look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The only way you and I will be able to love the, the way God loves, because the Spirit of God is working on the inside of us. The Amplified Bible says this, Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. If you want to be able to love the way God wants you to love, you need to be able to dwell in God. That means you need to spend time in the Word. One of the easiest ways to get your heart healed as we talk about being, coming back to love is to be able to get into a place of worship where you're worshiping God and singing songs like we sang today. Lord, I love you, Lord. And I raise my voice and I, I give you. When you get into that place where you're saying, God, the reason why I do what I do is because I am so in love with you. And the strength that you give me by your spirit allows me to release and allows me to love. Amplified Bible says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can, be, no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I've heard people say a lot of times that... that, that uh, uh, um, I hear parents sometimes, I, used, I don't hear it that much anymore, but when I first came to the church, I used to hear parents say, uh, uh, as long as he's Italian, you can marry him. Have you heard? As long as he's African, don't bring any Chinese girl up here to me. I want someone from my culture. And I say to the parents all the time, listen to me carefully. You do that. First of all, you, you need to mind your own business. And secondly, you need to understand, as long as he loves Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. Because listen, oh, hold on a minute. Let me finish. Let, let me tell you something. Because if you just say to your child, bring me, bring me an Italian guy, he may be slick and smart, but he may be a devil. Do you understand me? The thing that's going to be successful for your children is to be able to say, honey, find love. But the most important thing you need to find out is, does she love Jesus? Does she love Jesus? It has nothing. Listen to me carefully. In the world that we're living in this life, you will never find true love if you, if you operate in the flesh. You are a Christian. God has given you guidelines about what true love is, and we're going to go to it in a minute. But before we get to the definition of love, you and I have to make up our mind. Do we want to do it God's way, or do we want to do it the world's way? Because in a minute, I'm going to show you what true love is all about, and I want you to, I'm going to have you turn there because it will save you, especially for those that are not, they're not married yet, especially for those that are just engaged. Especially for those that are still young enough that you can digest this thing called love. Because what it comes down to at the end is this, guys. We get so afraid, and, and, and listen to me carefully, especially when your biological clock is ticking. 
We start to get afraid. We, and, and the enemy whispers in your ear, you see, God will not keep, keep to his word. You can't trust God. And so he pushes you and pushes you and pushes you to a relationship where you settle. And I counsel a lot of people, and this is what I will say to you. Better to be alone and happy than to be married and still alone. You see, some of you who are not married, you didn't catch that. You'll get it later. But those that are married understand what I mean. Better to be alone and be free than to be married and be bound. All right, let's go to the definition since you're waiting for it. Pastor, when, I, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm operating in this thing called love, when I'm operating, and, and, and listen to me carefully. The way you will recognize love is because you are operating in it. Let me see, look at me one minute. The way you will recognize love and to be able to rekindle that love is because you yourself are walking in that love. If you are not walking in this love, you will never recognize it when it slaps you in the face. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Turn there. You say, well, pastor, does it have to be 1 Corinthians 13? For you, no. For me, yes. And the thing I love about the kingdom of God is this. God never pushes you. God will never force you. God will say, here's the word. Here's the direction I would like you to take. But you choose. Isn't that what, isn't that what we love about God? Our God is so much of a gentleman, he will never force you to do anything. You will, come, you will go to heaven or hell based on your choices. That's what I love about God. That's why I, 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 I'm of an opinion that you can never force anybody to do anything. That's why when I'm, when I'm counseling people that are dating and I say to them, and I say to them all the time, listen to me carefully. If that person doesn't willingly love you, leave them be. Let them be. Let them be. Because why? You know what love is and you trust the plan of God for your life. Repeat after me. Say, I trust the plan of God for my life. Therefore, I will not run after love. I will wait on God until he brings love in my life. Now you can say that with your lips. And you can be thinking something different. Yeah, all right, Pastor. You keep preaching that. Heaven helps those that help themselves. Where do you find that? Let's keep going. Because someone, I'm, I, 10 years ago, someone had the audacity to come to the office and say, Pastor, heaven helps those that help themselves. I say, yeah? 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. The meeting's over. Because people will do whatever they want to do until they run out of their ideas. So, if you're looking for the definition of love, here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. In fact, I encourage you. I encourage you, get an Amplified Bible and keep it at home. Because it expands and opens up the word in such a way that it breaks it down so that even the most simplest person can understand it. And then it comes back to a matter of, do I want to do it? Listen to what it says from the Amplified. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor bores over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. The loves in your life, lift your head up one minute. The loves in your life, are they full of themselves? The people in your life, are they full of themselves? Are they conceited? Is the only thing they talk about is themselves? That's a warning. Verse 5, it is not conceited or arrogant or inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmanly. Lift your head on one minute. If she's rude when you're dating, she will be rude after you marry her. Well, pastor, I can change her. No, you can't. If he's rude... Before you are dating him, he will be ten times ruder. Is that a word? I'll add it. That's all right. I'll make it up if it's not there. Ten times ruder when you get married. Do, do you understand? Here it is. Love is not rude. If he's cursing you out while you're dating, he will curse you out after you get, date, after you get married. Don't put up with that. Why? Because we trust the plan of God. God didn't develop you to be this woman of God or this man of God so he can give you to a bum. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look, if, if you have some self-esteem about yourself, you know, that you, are um, you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are exactly what God called you to be. And if we're going to reignite this thing called love, you have to have, a, you have, to have enough self-confidence in what God has done in you that you won't accept rudeness. That's when you can do this. Pack your bags and go. You can't do this when you're already married. Verse 5, it is not conceited or arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmanly and does not act unbecoming. Love, God's love in us. The ability to love is already on the inside of you. Paul writes, love, God's love in us. So that means the only thing we need to do to re reawaken our love is to reconnect to the vine. 
if we reconnect to the vine and to the Word of God, that love that is on the inside can be revitalized. Love, God's love in us. You have the ability to love this way. All of us have the ability to love this way. Notice what it says. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That's the kind of big time love. And whether it's in a friendship or a relationship, whatever it is, when you can find friends that will love you like this, you have a genuine friend for life. Ladies, when you can find a man that can love you like this, you have a genuine partner for life. Well, pastor, those guys don't exist anymore. And if they do exist, they're already married. The reason they don't exist in your eyes is because you're not ready. Ooh. Pastor, you offended me. I'm 26 years old. What do you mean I'm not ready? Your attitude may stink. No one may want to be, no one wants to put up with your attitude, your insecurities, your whininess, your laziness. Can't cook, can't clean, can't press, don't know how to, don't know how to do groceries. Spend money like you had, like there's no tomorrow. Why should God give you someone? Amen. That's all right. You can say amen. That's all right. That's all right. I got about five minutes. I'll let you go. You can go do what you want after that. Pastor, I hear about this thing about reawakening love, but, but, but I don't think there's any women like that anymore. I mean, these sisters, they're tough. You talk about gentle, they ain't gentle no more. They're all up in your face and everything else, and they're telling you where to go and all the other things. The reason why God hasn't brought the right person in your life, sir, because you're not ready. You're still playing. You're still trying to sow your royal oaks. We'll leave it right there. But I tell you, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over. And there are people here in this congregation that are a testimony that as they got themselves prepared, God brought into their lives at the right time their partners. And so we talk about love. Verse 6 says, it, loved, it does not rejoice in injustice but, uh, and, and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures every, everything without weakening. Love never fades, uh, never fails, never fades out or become obsolete or comes to an end. That's the God kind of love. So this morning, if you want to reconnect your love, 
and get back to the place that you want to be, that, that God can use it because everything in the kingdom of God operates through the love of God. You and I can receive nothing in the kingdom of God except through love. And so I'll say to you this morning, is, uh, the way we reconnect is this. We forgive everybody that has hurt us. We release them and set them free. Then we get back into this place of uh, uh, and asking God, for, forgive me, Father, for the things that I have done. He forgives you. He reconnects you. And then you get into this place of worship and let the Spirit of God wash over you. And let the Spirit of God wash over you so that the love of God that is on the inside of you starts to rise up on the inside of you and allows you to walk in love towards everyone else. You have your definition of love. The question then becomes, what are you going to do about it? As the worship team makes their way back up on the platform here, what, what are you going to do about it? It's easy to say, yes, Pastor, I want to reconnect. I want, I want my love to grow. And can you pray for me? And no, I'm not praying for you this morning. Because it's not about praying that your love will become, uh, come back. It's because your love is already on the inside of you. Here it is. It is about are you willing to be obedient to do what God says to do so that your love will get back to where it needs to be. This morning is not for me about, uh, for us to pray for you. No, it's for you to say, Lord, I stand here and I declare this day that no matter what anybody else does, I will walk in love. Why? Because you so loved me. Therefore, I release this person and I get reconnected to you. Why? Because of, you, because of my love for you. The only reason that I'm letting him go is because I love you. And you mean more to me than being right. And so we're going to get into this place of worship this, this morning. Just before you leave here to go down to the gym, to the, to the ministry fair. We're going to get to this place and I'm going to have you stand in a few minutes. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to have you stand and we're just going to worship. And in your heart, I want you to recommit. Lord, there have been people that have bruised me. There have been people that have hurt me. There have been people that have stifled me. There have been people that have caused me to resent them so much that they have consumed my mind. That every time I come to church, I can't even think about you. I can't even worship you because they're consuming my mind because I haven't let them go. This morning, we're going to release everyone. And like the branch, we're going to get reconnected to the vine. And then we're going to stand in this place and say, Father, refresh me again. Renew your love in me again. So that I, I can once again love you. So that I can once again feel your presence. Some of us, we haven't felt the presence of God in our life for months. Can I say it? We haven't felt the presence of God in our life for years. You remember that time when you used to come to church and, and, and the presence of God would be so strong in the place that tears would start running down your face? 
Do you remember the time that you would come into the presence of God and you would sense the stirring of God in the place and, and, and you would say, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to change? What is it that you want to refocus me on? What, are, what is it? What is the plan of God for my life that you want me to be engaged in right now? Because I sense your presence so strong in this place and, and, and it overwhelms me. When was the last time the presence of God overwhelmed you? And I would say it hasn't overwhelmed you for years. It's because you've have, you have gotten hard. Hard on the inside. And God is saying to you this morning that I want to reignite and reawaken that spirit of love on the inside of you. It's always been there, but because of life, you have crushed it down. Because of, of disappointments, it's been crushed. It, because of resentment, it's crushed. Because of unforgiveness, it's crushed. Because of the dreams not happening, it's crushed. It's crushed. It's crushed. It's crushed, it's crushed all the way down until you don't even know. You don't even recognize yourself anymore. But the great thing about God is this. He knows how to refresh you. He knows how to get a hold of your heart. He knows how to shift you towards himself. He knows how to melt your heart for you to be able to say, Father, I surrender that to this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? So as I said this morning, it's no altar call this morning. You know what love is because it's in the Bible. All you have to do is read it. You know what blocks love from operating in your life, unforgiveness. Pastor Josh and the team are going to sing in a minute. They're gonna, we were singing that song, I Exalt You, earlier. And it just filled this place, man. It just filled this place. And I felt that the Spirit of God was doing a work in people's hearts. So we're going to have, let the Holy Spirit do His work in your heart. And when you finish, go outside down the ramp and to the gymnasium and go into the ministry fair and see where you belong in the body. But for a few minutes, we're just going to worship God. And I want you to let the Holy Spirit say whatever He wants to say to you. Instruct you the way He wants to instruct you. The only thing I would say over you is this. Whatever he says to you to do, go do it. Come on, let's worship a little bit here. Our voice together. 
Father, we come into this place this morning. We've heard your word. We've sensed your spirit in this place. You stirred in our hearts again this morning. A lot of the times we're afraid to step out and be obedient to your word because we don't see the evidence right away. We're afraid to love the way you want us to love because we're afraid of getting hurt. And, but, but we also know that if we don't love the way you called us to love, there can be no power. There can be no resurrection power in our relationships. There can be no power in, in the things that we do. There can be no revitalizing or, or reawakening of love in our hearts. And, and if we don't draw near to you, you won't draw near to us. If we don't abide in you, you can't abide in us. If we don't dwell and live in you, you can't, you can't live in us. So you call us first to make the step. Help us to be obedient this morning. Help us to be obedient this afternoon to what you are saying right now. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. And everyone said,